Mark chapter 5, starting in verse 21. This is what the living word of God says. And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him, and he was beside the sea. Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him, he fell at Jesus' feet and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter's at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well. And Jesus went with them. Moving down to verse 35. While he was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house some who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. And he allowed no one to follow him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. They came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and Jesus saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. And when Jesus had entered, he said to them, Why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. Taking her by the hand, he said to her, Little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up and began walking, and they were immediately overcome with amazement. And Jesus strictly charged them, that no one should know this, and told them to give her something to eat. As we dive into the scriptures together this morning, let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you that as we read your word, it reads us. We thank you that you have blessed us with the gift to come to your word this morning. We ask that you would speak to us. We ask that you would give us divine revelation of who you are. We ask that right here in these minutes and moments that we get to share together as a community, that we would long for your presence. That, we, that you would give us awareness of your presence today. We ask that Holy Spirit, Father God, Lord Jesus, that you would do something new in us, fresh in us. That we would receive your goodness today. That we would leave any preconceived idea of who you are and enter into the truth and the reality of your kingdom. We love you and we give you all the glory and all the beloved said. Amen. Uh, this past Sunday, we asked the question, uh, are we really okay with checkbox Christianity? That is the vision of the church out west really just going to be cramming people into a building for an hour. And that's how this world will know that there is a God who created them. They're lip tips and fingertips who absolutely loves them. There must be more. Are you with me? We're all here today for something. We're all gathered in community. Maybe we love Jesus and we're here to worship him and tune our hearts to him and live in adoration to him or maybe we're here this morning because we're like hey I guess this is what I'm supposed to be doing or maybe we're here free tacos and we came running no matter the story the ache in the gut of humanity is something that this world can't seem to offer that's what's on full display in what we just read in Mark chapter 5 a ruler of a synagogue his daughter, she's unwell and most likely she's dead or she's going to die and nothing of this world seems to be able to help. But this man, Jairus, he, he's heard stories about Jesus and if Jesus is who he says he is, then Jairus believes the man claiming to be God can actually heal his daughter. So he sets out. And verse 22 records, Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, and seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, so that she may be weighed well and live. This is a wild moment. Maybe you're familiar with this story. Maybe you've heard it before. Maybe you even got it put to memory. But don't gloss over. 
A man is highly respected by religious elites of the day who would have been highly regarded in the community. He's a ruler of the synagogue. And now in this moment, he's falling at the feet of Jesus in the dust because the hope that this Jesus really is the Son of God. It points us to a deep revelation we must have today in our cultural moment. That you see, you and I, we we might meet Jesus standing on our own two feet. But it's from our knees that we will see him for who he truly is. The Lord. That if Jesus is just a friend to know, which he is. Or if he's just God among us, which is certainly true. Or if he has just good advice, which he does. But he's not Lord of heaven and earth. He's not Lord of our lives and all of our ordinary moments. Then all hope is lost. That Jesus must be Lord to declare the kind of authority over sin and death and have a man who is held in such high regard that he's now at the feet of Jesus in desperation for the power of his lordship. So Jesus, because he absolutely loves you and I, because he absolutely loves this man and because he absolutely loves the daughter in this story in verse 24, the scripture records that Jesus goes with him. But here's where the story takes a turn. Here's where the stage is set for the body of Christ to really truly believe that Jesus is Lord or to just go through the motions. They get to Jairus' house and people are wailing and weeping, the scripture records, which is a custom of the time because someone has passed away. In verse 39, Jesus says to them, why are you making a commotion and weeping? This child is not dead but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. So the little girl is dead in a room and Jesus walks in. And taking her by the hand, Jesus says to her, little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately she got up and began walking and they were overcome with amazement. Pretty awesome, right? Like some pretty wild stuff just went down in the narrative of scripture from Jesus, who is the Lord God Almighty. But look at verse 40. They laughed at him. They laughed at him. Jesus enters the room. Why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead but sleeping. And they laughed at him. Jesus, who is the Lord, walks into the room and some people laugh at him while others are waiting and hoping for a miracle. What ones are we? What ones are we? Really, in the depths. Are we laughing on the inside thinking, oh, their marriage is too far gone. Oh, her? Mm -mm. There's no way she's worthy of love. Oh, that that, that guy? No, 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 no. You, you, you don't know his story. There's no way the gospel could actually change him. Or maybe even deeper. Who, me? No, I'm not giving way to this grace. No, I, I like being Lord of my life. Besides, who is this Jesus guy? He's not worth trusting. That guy's a laughing stock. He thinks he knows better. Or maybe the deepest. You really think I'm worthy of love? You, you, you really think I'm worthy of love? You're the Lord God Almighty. You know everything about me. And you call me beloved? There's no way. You know, Jesus says to the little girl, I say to you, arise. And in that moment, Jesus is actually giving you and I the deepest revelation of all in the truth of humanity. That in some sort of way, all of us collectively are dead. 
In some sort of way, all of us collectively are sleeping, living in a false reality in need of rising from Jesus. That's what we need. That is what you and I need. That we think this is it, but eternity is etched in our hearts. That we think this is it, but the story isn't over. He's the Lord God Almighty. We think this is it when Jesus says, no, 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 no. I've got life in my hands for you. But the question is, are we willing to be laughed at because of our faith? Are we willing to walk into a room with Jesus and be laughed at because we believe the God-man is actually the author of life? If not, we are of no value to the brokenness of humanity. If not, whatever we think we are offering to the world is actually empty. This world doesn't need more good ideas or self-help pick-me-ups. It does not need better leaders or better organizations or systems or programs or more charisma. We need an encounter with Jesus who speaks life into death and death has to flee. We need an encounter with the Holy Spirit that's so powerful that people will laugh at you as you try to explain it. We need an encounter with the Heavenly Father who says to his sons and daughters in this room this morning, you are my beloveds now and nothing can separate you from my love. The presence of Jesus walks into the room and everything changes. A man journeys to fall on his knees before the Lord and declares, I am in need. And the Lord, who is holy beyond measure, does not mock him, does not rebuke him, does not lord it over him. Now this Jesus, he simply comes. And in his presence, even in the midst of laughter, signs and wonders break out. You know, I wonder how many rooms... Jesus is sending us into, but we are so afraid of the laughter that we just change who we are. That we thought we was going with the Spirit today, but now we just want to be liked so badly that we just fit in with the culture around us. Jesus says, I've got signs and wonders for your workplace. I've got signs and wonders for your family. I've got signs and wonders for your job site. I've got signs and wonders for your marriage. But we leave our inheritance as sons and daughters of the king inside the car or the house or wherever because what if someone laughs at us? What if they laugh at the faith that we carry? What if we're so loving that it doesn't make sense and it makes someone uncomfortable? What if my joy is so contagious that people think it's fake? What if my peace surpasses understanding that they label me as something else? What if my life does not make sense and isn't explainable? What if the gospel actually changes our life and we don't fit in with society and culture anymore because the love that we have been shown changes everything about us? Because on my feet, I thought he was a good teacher. But when I fell to my knees, I experienced him as Lord. And he is Lord of everything. And he calls me his own. I want to tell you about him, but I'm afraid people might laugh because this grace is so good. There's no way it's true. But it is. And they laughed at him. So they'll laugh at you. But he healed them. And by his power, you will too. They experience love through him. And by his spirit, they will experience love through you. Do we realize what is at stake? That there is a love that needs to be known and the gospel is the only source of that love. That there is a room that needs the presence of Jesus walked into it and the church, the body of Christ, cannot sit idle by and let culture take the stage. 
There is a room that needs the presence of Jesus walked into it because there is a beloved who is spiritually dead that needs to know that they can be welcomed into life by perfect love and grace, and his name is Jesus. There is a room that needs the presence of Jesus walked into it. So we cannot just sit back and be worried that they'll laugh at us or mock us. The perfect love is too good to keep it a secret. Who cares if they laugh and mock? There was a a story a few years back of some people dancing and laughing on where some say the tomb of Jesus would have been. They were dancing on it and mocking it. And some religious people, they got real mad. But they can dance and laugh on the tomb of Jesus all they want. He's not there. He's risen. Do we know that? Are you with me? That your and I's mandate from heaven is to be a laughing stock to the world so the world might know the Savior of it. Let them laugh at us. I hope they see perfect love oozing out of our lives. Let them laugh at us. I hope that they see a joy that is so contagious that they have to lean into it. This Jesus, when we know him as Lord, like Jairus did in the story, no amount of laughter can stop our belief that sin and death must flee in his presence. That sin and death are no match for the God-man. This was a bit of a uh, rough week for our little family. Asher Joy got a little bit of a cold and it was not that fun. And she had a really stuffy nose and they make these contraptions today in modern medicine and it's wonderful. Where you can take a little thing and you can put it in their nose and you can suck that snot all the way out of that bad boy. And being the uh, Jesus-like man that I am, a valiant man of God, uh, I took that thing and I put it up to her nose and I went, and I sucked that bad boy a few times. But one time, I just let it rip. She was like, Dad, I got some nose boogers. And I was like, I got this girl. I was like, whoop. And I just like gave this one a, a good one. I was like, and the thing went, whoop, into my mouth. Into my mouth. And then, unfortunately, uh, I got super sick, like violently sick, Uh, and it was bad. And I asked Alyssa if she would, like, out of my nose, she said no. Uh, It's fine, though. It's fine. It's okay. Uh, But isn't isn't that what Jesus does to us? Isn't that what the Lord God Almighty does to humanity? That he loves us, and he takes the sickness of sin for us and from us, that he bears the mess that we have made, that he takes it on himself. He comes into the muck and the mire of humanity and he goes to the cross so we could hear the words, daughter, son, I say to you, arise. That he takes the sin upon himself, that he takes the sickness upon himself, that he bears it in his own body. He's so with us. He's so in all of our moments, so willing to come with Jairus in this story. You know, I don't suck all that yummy snot out of my kiddo's nose because I'm angry at them, do I? No. It's deep compassion and love. Jesus doesn't look at you and desire to take the sin in your life, desire to take the addiction of your life, desire to bring healing and restoration and reconciliation to your life or your marriage or your friendships because he's angry at you, is he? No. It's deep compassion and love. Do you know that this morning? Do you know that? Do you know that the Lord God Almighty, He looks at you and absolutely loves you, and He wants to free you from that sin. He wants to say to you, my son, arise. My daughter, arise. Do not live in that anymore. 
I will take the sickness upon myself so you can be set free. However dark the darkness is or however near the death is, Jesus is declaring perfect love over you. Jesus' presence is in the room looking at you and delighting in you. But here's the catch. We must know him as Lord. It must be on our knees in surrender and repentance of the truth that we have sin within us. That there is death around us. That we will really see the goodness of his lordship and the fullness of his love. You see, there's a vast difference in knowing Jesus as Lord of your life. And just a fun idea on a Sunday morning. One gives you hope and truth and perfect love you could ask for. The other is empty, meaningless religion. We must know the Jesus Jairus encountered on his knees that day if we want to stand the test of laughter of the world that comes later. So the question would be, what are we to do? How are we to really live in the presence of the Lord? How are we to not care of the laughter that will come our way? How do we make our moments matter as this community of heart church in this second year that the Lord God is entrusting to us? Be with Jesus. Be with the Heavenly Father. Be with and filled by the Holy Spirit. It is from a place of being with Jesus that we become like Jesus. And it is only when we become like Jesus that we can love the world like Jesus does. Remember our first ever vision in Info Night? You cannot stare at a photo of a campfire and smell like smoke. You cannot gather all the kindling wood, matches, and paper and smell like smoke. You cannot set it all up, huddle around it with friends and leave smelling any different. It takes real flame, real hot, transforming flame that sets ablaze what's near it so that when you walk away from it, you smell so distinctly like it, people have to notice. You have to be with a campfire to walk away smelling like smoke. We have to be with Jesus if we want this world to know that we love Jesus. If we want our lives to reflect the goodness and joy and grace of Jesus and the freedom of sin that we have experienced. That's the call to abide in John 15. That's the vision Jesus has for the church as described in the Gospel of Matthew. As a city built on a hill and his call is to let our light shine before others. It's the Apostle Peter's call to be exiles and live such good lives that when people accuse you of doing wrong, they would actually see your good deeds and glorify God. It's a church in Acts 2 that's so filled with the Holy Spirit because they live in such deep community and unity around Jesus that their lives are so unexplainable that the only way they could be explained is a move of the Holy Spirit. It's a church in Romans 13 who is armed with the armor of light so that they go out into the darkness as people of love. How? Because they didn't care about the laughter of the crowd. Because they knew Jesus as Lord. It's the church in Revelation 3 that does not deny the name of Jesus but glorifies it who holds fast to the word and with patient endurance longs for the coming of the king, who lives not a lukewarm life, but one that is piping hot with the glory of Yahweh. It's a church in heaven that never ceases to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And would it be heart, church, on our knees, in absolute repentance, declaring that he is Lord, that we are not, and all we are hungry for is his presence, So we will follow him, we will seek him, and we will live in ruthless obedience to a move of the Spirit because the Spirit is all that we need. The Lord who looks at humanity and absolutely, wholeheartedly, undeniably loves us. Could you imagine if in this second year together we really truly believed it? 
a community that was found believing that we were the beloveds, but didn't stop there. Invited the whole city to believe the truth about it too. A community that ran to Jesus on our feet, but declared that he is Lord from our knees. That went into any room he was calling us into, no matter what others might think, because perfect love was on the move. That heard Jesus say, do not fear, only believe, for I am the Lord God Almighty. That declared it was always and only his presence in the room that mattered. Nothing else. He made her alive again. Would Jesus make us alive again? They laughed at him. Would they laugh at us? And would we be a community so on fire for the presence of the Lord and the good news of the gospel that it could bring warmth to the whole city? Come on, let's pray together this morning. Lord God, we worship you. We love you. We long for your presence. All that we desire is your presence in our lives. We ask that you would give us courage, maybe even right here and right now this morning, to come to you on our feet, but to encounter you on our knees. To declare that you are Lord. And would that change every ordinary moment of our whole lives? Holy Spirit, we ask that you would move so deeply within us as a community together that we would be found reflecting the kingdom of you, the living God. That people would laugh at us because the stories we tell don't make sense unless the presence of you, Jesus, is in the room. Lord God, we worship you. We thank you. We celebrate all that you have done in this first year together. Would we always be found giving you all of the glory and would we always be found declaring that you are the Lord God Almighty. We love you. And it's in your mighty name, Jesus, all the beloved said. Amen.